You're listening to the Pre-Health Spotlight Podcast with Garrett Lay, Amon Rahman, and Ritwan Bandiopadier. Good afternoon, everybody. It is a beautiful day in sunny Pittsburgh. We are joined here by our good friend, Tim Park. Tim, say hi to the people. What's up, everyone? So, Tim is a very good friend of ours. Um, We've known Tim for a couple of years now, and we met him through a global water brigade. Mm -hmm. Tim, do you want to just kind of summarize what that experience was and how it kind of brought us together? Yes, sir. So, Global Water Brigades was um, an org founded a couple years ago, Um, and so it's part of the Umbrella Org Global Brigades, and so what we do is we go out to um, a certain country. That year, we went to Honduras, and... um, so the mission of the goal is to provide sustainable water source to the people of Honduras. And so we went and um, Aman and I actually served on um, board together, even though like at the time we didn't really like know each other that well. But I think like once we went on the trip and I met um, Ritwan and um, Eric and I think it was just like such a um, obviously like uh we went there to serve first and foremost, and that was um, really blessing to see like how we can serve the community in that way. But also like after the trip, we were able to like um, just like get, uh, get friends, like become close friends after that. And so um, yeah, man, that that uh, honestly like when I talk about GWB, it's like it's truthfully like one of the highlights of my college career. Definitely like recommend if anyone's considering um, going on. Just a lot of different types of brigades that people can go into, and so. Um, even like going on GWB that kind of was like the catalyst in me starting um, something that we'll talk about later but Global Donor Brigades as well so highly recommended GWB kind of uh, honestly brought us all together so yeah so that was a great experience that all of us got to share I think after that week you know we all in a way became really really good friends and that strong bond has obviously stayed we'll definitely make sure to touch upon Global Dental Brigades later Global Brigades as a whole um, and before beginning, I have to say Garrett is not here. He's actually in Boston. Uh, and it looks super fun. He's eating a lot of good food, taking a lot of great pictures. Um, so we hope he's enjoying where he's at and having a good time. Mm-hmm. But as we said prior, we're joined by our good friend Tim Park. And today we will be discussing the field of dentistry. As you guys know, this is a podcast for anything and everything science related. And we thought this would be a really good way to kind of switch it up. Let's cover something different. Let's talk about something different. And there is nobody better to talk about that with than our friend Tim Park. Um, A little bit of background on Tim. I'll let him introduce himself more formally. But Tim is a really, really impressive guy. He's kind. He's nice. He's genuine. And he's also going to UPenn for dental school. So Tim is a really, really, really good representative of the field of dentistry and someone who's very knowledgeable about the field. So today we're going to be just very generally touching upon what dentistry is. So first and foremost, Tim, maybe introduce yourself, where you're from, what your major minor is, what your future plans are, and then of course, why you chose the field of dentistry. Mm. That was a great introduction, Amon. (laughs) Uh, So like Amon said, my name's Tim. I just graduated um, not too long ago. uh, I'm 21. I studied mathematics and neuroscience and minored in chem. And uh, like a month said, future plans, uh, I'll be attending Penn Dental School um, this upcoming August. And so, yeah, um, it's a great four years. Um, I know we'll talk about GDB in a little bit. That was definitely probably one of, one of the best 
um, experiences I've been a part of um, my last four years. And so, yeah, excited to uh, excited to be here. So, yeah. So, yeah. So as far as what motivated you to pursue dentistry, do you think that was something that was more solidified in high school before you went into college or something that you kind of figured out once you started college right. and got some more experiences? Right. So I guess like, uh, just to preface, my dad is a dentist. And so I'm not saying like, um, if you, I truly believe that if you weren't a dentist, um, I would still kind of find my way into the field. But obviously like growing up and seeing the field, that definitely shaped uh, my perspective on the, on the field. And, um, you know, naturally gravitated towards that. But uh, growing up, uh, high school, I think I was always interested in science, right, and, and serving. So I kind of, I uh, found myself senior year, I was like, I want to be a forensic scientist at one point. But then coming to, I like looked into the field a little bit. It was a very narrow field and kind of um, hard to advance um, from what I've understand. And so I, you know, looked into my options. I looked into uh, medicine, um, farm, um, all different sorts of fields, but I think just um, the physical aspects of dentistry and just really using your hands, that kind of draw me towards the field. And um, yeah, I mean, after I've done a lot of shadowing, talked to my dad about it a lot, talked to a lot of dentists, talked to advisors. And um, at the end of the day, I think by the mid freshman year, I think it was pretty solidified that I was going to go down this path. And um, yeah, that's kind of uh, my track. So as a follow-up question to that, you talked about how you decided between you know forensic science, medicine, uh, farm, and then you ultimately focused on dentistry, and mm -hmm. that's your path now. What would you recommend? Because a lot of our listeners and a lot of the people involved with the organization are pre-health students, mm -hmm. right? They just want to do something in the pre-health field. Mm -hmm. They know that it interests them. So what would be your recommendation for people making that decision like you did in terms of which avenue to go to in regards to the healthcare field? Yeah, I would say just try a bunch of different things, right? Like even, you know, as um, we're so young, right? So even if you're 20 years old and you still don't know, I think that's perfectly fine. Just get your, get your um, hands wet in a, a little bit of everything, right? Don't be afraid to reach out to, you know, the random podiatrist or the random pediatrician or... Um, an orthodontics or a pharmacist get your hands with a little everything because if you're not you're not um by testing everything not only will that um eliminate the other choices that you're not interested in, but it'll only solidify what you want to go into the first place so get your hands a little bit everything i think um nowadays especially shadowing is so accessible so um easy to reach and so you know, especially in pittsburgh i think the one thing that um, Pittsburgh provided is just opportunity, man. Opportunity in Pittsburgh is um, actually so abundant here um, compared to other um, campuses and colleges. So take advantage for sure, especially with UPMC and everything. So yeah, get your hands a bit uh, wet and a little bit of everything, and then yeah, go from there. Yeah, I feel like as pre-health students, that's a big draw yeah. of the University of Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh in general is yeah. just how many different opportunities you have. Sure. I mean, we have all these different healthcare systems, all these different researchers doing work, and they're all very open to letting undergraduates or younger students get involved with their work and get their hands dirty, like you said. Mm. Was that like one of your major motivators when coming to the University of Pittsburgh? You said that you considered a lot of science fields mm. in high school and that was the direction you kind of wanted to go in. Mm. I think, uh, I mean, I vaguely knew that Pitt was uh, more of a research university stemmed in like uh, the sciences, but I always 
I didn't intend to come to. I was gonna go to like California originally, um, one of the UCs, but I think just like I'm from Philadelphia, so um, proximity to home and just the value that Pitt provided. I was like, you know, like I honestly like I can't say that. Oh, I knew about Pitt's um, rich culture and medicine, and so I can't say that. But I think like I quickly found out about that right as soon as you know uh, fall of freshman year. So yeah, man, I think uh, it's not something that I like. Oh, I really want to go to Pitt. It kind of just like I learned about all the great things it provided while I was here. So cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, going back to your freshman year, do you think there was like, like a flashbulb moment where there was a certain experience or like a class that you took where you were like, okay, dentistry is for me? Um, I don't think there was a light bulb per se. I think it was just a gradual accumulation of events, thoughts, experiences that kind of led me to realize I was like, right, dentistry is definitely for me. I can't like pinpoint an exact moment. Um, I don't think it was during the class that like triggered everything, but I was just like experiences like shadowing general dentists shadowing like learning about their lifestyles and um like i said i think it's important to get your hands wet and everything else because um gradually you're able to eliminate our like this isn't for me and so like that only solidifies why i wanted to go into dentistry in the first place so it was just like like i said um, shadowing different places kind of um really made me comfortable and confident that dentistry was the right choice yeah i think a lot of students at least this was my experience as a freshman Everybody is pre-med as a freshman at Pitt. Mm. Everybody's pre-med. And um, I think it's really, really good to hear your perspective of it because I think a lot of people stick to that route without exploring all their options to the mm. depth that you have. Mm. And I mean, Ritwan and I have a mutual friend who explored her options, spent a lot of time in different fields just as you did, and now she's going to be a vet. Mm. You know, I have a friend who decided he wants to go into research instead of uh, the field of medicine. Mm. So... There's a lot of different avenues, and I think that you absolutely did it the right way. Um, now, this is going to be a question where I want you to plug your own field a little bit. Mm. Why would you tell a student to go into the field of dentistry? Mm. You know, if you're trying to sell me, Rituan, the common listener, mm. why would you say the field of dentistry is a good fit for somebody? Mm. I think... Um... There's a lot of overlap between all the different fields of medicine, right? Um, at the end of the day, I think one of the main missions that we do is to serve people. And I think you can do that regardless of what you do, like medicine, family med, um, surgery, dentistry, farm. But I think the one aspect that really drew me to dentistry that I feel like some of the other fields lacked was the, um, the artistic side, the ability to use your hands, the ability to craft something. I feel like um, from what I've experienced, I feel like medicine is a lot more... Um, just like hearing about the symptoms and then you diagnose whatever, right? Hearing about symptoms and prescribing certain medicine. But I think dentistry, from what I've experienced, is like the, pers the person can come in, has a, a toothache or something nagging behind their mouth, and then um, at the end of their, at the end of their uh, visit, they feel completely pain-free, you know? I know that there was a certain level of like immediate... Um, uh, immediate fixing to be done and the ability to use your hand i think um i think my dad my dad was also an artist growing up he painted a lot and so seeing how the way he describes his artistry into dentistry i was like that is something that i feel like not a lot of professions or the other health professions had to them um and so i was just really drawn to that right and so the ability to use your hands the ability to, to um see um 
see your impact within one visit, right? I feel like um, in other professions, like pharmacy, you have to wait until they take their medicine, see what happens after that, see any side effects. Or medicine, you know, someone's having some kind of issue, you kind of say what to do, and then they come back and you, for their post-op and you see what they're doing. But at dentistry, you can kind of see the impact that's to be done right away. And so I think there's something, something a little unique about that. And so, yeah, I mean, I think... Um, uh, yeah, one should definitely consider their own experiences before entering a field. But I mean, personally, that was just why I kind of wanted to enter dentistry. Those are really interesting reasons. And I think having people like you who are so passionate about these different fields on our podcast or on our articles is one of the most valuable things we can do mm-hmm. as our club. Because, you know, like Aman was saying earlier, so many undergraduates come into college with such a strong idea of what they want to do. Mm. And because they have those ideas, they get entrenched and maybe they don't branch out as much. Mm. But I mean, hearing you talk about dentistry and how passionate you are about mm. it um, and maybe hearing how people in other fields mm. feel about their fields, mm. it can really open the minds of younger students and mm. make them consider things that maybe they didn't before. Sure. And that's what Pre-Health Spotlight is all about, Absolutely. providing that exposure. So sure. that's that's really refreshing and really interesting to hear. For sure, yeah, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I can just keep reiterating, but like get your hands, feet, and wet into a little bit of everything because it'll only solidify what you want to do in the first place. So shifting gears a little bit, I think one common misconception of dentistry is that it's cookie-cutter to a degree. You go in for an annual checkup, mm. you get your dental hygienist, and then you uh, they ask you what fluoride you want, the mm. dentist comes in, your appointment. Mm. The dental field is much, much, much larger than that. Mm. There's 10 different specialties, right? Mm. There's uh, dental public health, endodontics, oral maxillofacial surgery, mm. oral medicine and pathology, oral and maxillofacial radiology, orthodontics mm. and dentofacial orthopedics, pediatric dentistry, periodontics, prosthodontics. So it's a super wide-ranging field with a lot of different variety and specialties to it. Mm. What is a specialty that maybe interests you, and when do dental students have to decide? Mm. So, yeah, um, I think obviously when you think of dentistry, you think of the twice-a-year checkups, right? And um, for most of us, that's really the only exposure we get to dentistry. But like Aman said, there's so many specialties. Um, if someone had braces, they likely were referred to an orthodontics, right? And so um, to answer Aman's question, I think... Um, generally it's kind of um, almost like looked down upon to like enter dental school and say like oh I'm doing this because you haven't even entered and um, touched upon general dentistry so how are you to say oh I want to do this but obviously like someone can have inclination and interest and whatnot and so I think lately um, I've shattered a um, oral maxillofacial surgery we call it OMFS Um, I shattered one at Pitt I shadow actually the dean of the dental school who's an OMFS uh, surgeon. And so I think that I can talk about a little bit later, but I was really blown away by what they do and the intensity of their work. And so, yeah, that definitely has stuck in the back of my mind for sure. And um, I think you start to think about it like probably after your second year of dental school, um, right around like junior year of dental school, that's when you have to start considering residency and matching and whatnot. So yeah, OMFS has definitely been in the back of my mind, but it's not something that, you know, I'm going to be like, and first day, day one, I'm like, I'm definitely doing OMFS, right? It's just something in the back of my mind. So that actually is a good segue for my next question, which is, what is the structure of the dental 
of the dental track, right? Mm-hmm. You spend your four years in college. Mm-hmm. As I understand, it's four years in dental school. Mm-hmm. And then what is the process like after that? Um, so are you talking about like the curriculum within dental school or like just Actually, let's the, do both. So what are those four years like? I know in med school, it's two years in the classroom and then two years clinical. And yeah. then obviously, you match for your residency fellowship, start working. Yeah, yeah. What is it like from the moment we graduate undergrad, mm-hmm. so from where you are, up until when you get that license mm-hmm. to practice. Yeah, so after you graduate um, undergrad, you go into college, and it really depends on um, the school you go to. I think there's two types of dental schools. One's more clinical-based, and one's more didactic or like book-heavy based. And so, um, I'm, like I vaguely know a little bit about every school, but I'll just talk about Penn. I know Penn, the first two years, they have something called pre-clinic. Um, the first two years, that's when you're in the lab and you're working on your manual dexterity, which um, just like has anything to do with your hands, right? Your hand skills. And so you do things called waxing, um, which is essentially like when you have to um, replicate a tooth um, based on using wax and heat. And so things like that, and you work on mannequins as well. So that's the first two years, as well as didactics, which is like the the textbook stuff, right? Learning about the anatomy and all that, the pathology of the mouth and stuff like that. And so that's the first two years. And then third and fourth years is more um, clinical based. So that's when you have clinics and you have patients come in, you work on them. And so get a, you, I know you get a little taste of every single field that Amon mentioned. And so that's that. And then after, like I said, I think right around D3, um, that's when you consider specialties. And so you go through the match program. And then after that, depending on what specialty you go into, that's just the num- an additional number of years. So I know like OMFS, it's another four to six years, or um, endo and ortho is another two. So it depends, but that's generally the route that people take. So in terms of that latter half of dental school and then matching to residency afterwards, mm-hmm. I know at least for, for medical students, you usually work in a hospital setting mm-hmm. um, where you're getting your clinical exposure directly from the patients. Mm-hmm. What's the... What's the analogy for dental school? Are you working in a hospital? Or are mm. you working in private clinics? What mm. does it look like? So most schools have their own clinic. Um, they have their own dental clinic. And it functions pretty much as like a community, um, just a community practice where um, I know like regular, like anyone can just like sign up. like, And that's their annual checkup that they go to, right? They don't go to a dentist, but they go to the school specific clinic. And so it's generally open to the public. They can go. And I know sometimes they're fired it. Um, services for free and whatnot. It's more, it seems like, uh, because they are students, right, it's like typically offered at a discounted price for people and sometimes they do free services and whatnot to the community. So I know for most schools that clinic time is like very community oriented, you know, voluntary, stuff like that. And so I know, but um, outside of that clinic, they normally do rotations around hospitals. So in increments of three to four weeks and whatnot. So um, yeah, it's not, I think, it's not as hospital-based maybe as medical school, but we do have our own specific clinic that um, we spend most of our time at. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Um, to circle back to your undergraduate experience briefly, um, I remember you said that you majored in neuroscience and mathematics. Right. Um, was that something that you were pursuing a passion in? Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that there are certain aspects of those majors in the classes that you took will prepare you for dental school? Do you think that you need to take classes that prepare you for dental school and undergrad? Mm. Well, what's your what's your position on that in general? Yeah, I mean, I just chose those two majors because I really like them. There's no other reason, really. It's not like, oh, they would better make me look better or like um, 
easier classes or whatever. I just like liked neuroscience and math. Unfortunately for neuroscience, a lot of it covered my prereqs for dental school already. So mm -hmm. it kind of just looks like a two birds, one stone situation. But I, I like both. Um, do I think math is going to be applicable to the dentistry? Probably not. But I will say like the critical thinking skills that are involved with those classes. Uh, I mean, critical thinking skills definitely translate to um you know the dentistry whenever i think of like orgo right like orgo 2 is considered like a pretty hard class as a pre-health student i never like during the times when i'm just like dude when am i ever gonna have to learn how to like synthesize this molecule mm -hmm. i always think to myself like if i can't synthesize this like how am i supposed to be able to like take a patient and diagnose something right it's just like mm -hmm. it's not necessarily like um a to b like applicability but it's more so just like all right, what skills are you gaining from learning how to synthesize this and how can I translate that skill into um, becoming a better dentist? So, okay. I mean, yeah, it's not like, yeah, those are the ma reasons I chose a major. I just, you know, I just really liked math and neuro, so. Okay, yeah, so yeah. it's almost as if, if I heard you correctly, being able to handle a difficult task will mm -hmm. translate to the dental field where you'll have to handle a lot of difficult tasks. Yeah, yeah. And you'll be dealing with real patient lives, real health, and your actions have really powerful consequences. For sure, yeah. So one thing you talked about was obviously the course load and the coursework. I think one thing that, and we are kind of leading in the direction here of this episode of almost giving advice or knowledge to people who are pre-health students mm -hmm. and in some ways trying to promote the dental field. Mm -hmm. I think that one misconception for a lot of pre-health students is that you really, really have to load up on hard classes and mm -hmm. it has to be all science classes. I'm a Spanish major. Mm -hmm. I'm a Hindi minor. Um, I have a friend, Stephen Hart, shout out to him. Um, he is an art history major mm. and, you know, he's interviewing at some very, very impressive places. So the point is you can major in whatever you want, mm. right? Now for dental schools, I know a lot of pre-dental students, just as there is with pre-med, pre-farm, people are worried about what courses you should take to look the best for that grad school. Mm. What advice do you have in terms of difficulty of course load, which courses to take, when to just pursue your passions, all of those things. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think um, n there's nothing wrong with, like, wanting to take harder classes, right? I think, like, there's a baseline prereqs that all schools require. But beyond that, I think, uh, like, obviously, I know, like, the competitive side right inside of us, like, wants to take the higher classes to make us look good. But I, I, I like, spoke to, like, every single admissions that I interviewed, and they're, like, constantly stressed. Like, it truly doesn't matter, like where you go, like Amon said, Amon's studying Spanish and Hindi, and he has a friend who's studying um, something, art, art history, art history. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so it really doesn't matter, I know, like, it can be hard to, like, convince yourself that, like, it truly doesn't matter, but you kind of just have to come to terms, like, like, listen, I took, like, like, abstract algebra and whatever, like, just upper-level math classes, and, like, would have been easier to um, take something else, sure, but like I really enjoyed math and stuff, so that's why I wanted to study it, right? And so I think like just choose whatever you want, man. Like, don't put yourself through something and be miserable about it for four years. Like, if that's math, go for it. If that's physics, go for it. If that's like, I have a friend who studied religion studies and now he's going to med school next year. So it truly like, as long as you get your prereqs down, and so. I, I do think like maybe you should you definitely should have a heart for science because at like in med school you're going to be doing a bunch of science stuff and so it might be beneficial to take some upper level science classes and whatnot but at the end of the day like just uh follow your passions man yeah and i feel like at least in my experience it's easier to 
work harder and strive for your goals down the line when you are passionate about what you're doing mm. and you are enjoying your day to day. So I feel like that's something that we as pre-health students, while we're hardwired, you know, mm. work hard, um, mm. make the most of our academics and our experiences. It's it's simply easier to do well when we're enjoying what we're doing. Sure. And I think that's the first consideration that we have to make. Of course, yeah. Um, in terms of balancing passions and requirements when moving towards dental school, what are some things that are certainly required? I know that in terms of medical admissions, you know, they, they recommend clinical experience, shadowing, mm. certain mm. classes that you have to take. Are mm. those similar? Yeah, I would say requirements, of course, there's a prereqs that you got to take, um, certain amount of shadowing that you want to do, um, and um, maybe certain schools require research. But even, you know, even within those requirements, you can still kind of incorporate your passion, right? Kind of how we talked about, you know, even within the course load that you take, you can still pursue your passions, right? Even within the shadowing that you want to do, you can explore, oh, I want to specifically do this um, type of shadowing. and. Um, yeah, I feel like sh like saying requiring shadowing is like almost puts it in a bad light saying like, oh, I got to shadow this amount of hours. Like this is going to be our future field, right? So why wouldn't we put the extra hours to see like, oh, I want to make sure I want to do this, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I think like passion really shows like outside the classroom, if anything, like cur extracurriculars, we can talk a little bit more about that later, but yeah. extracurriculars, um, different clubs that you're part of, like, those, I think, I mean, personally speaking, those are the things that I let my passion shine through the most the last four years. And so, um, yeah, I really liked what Ritwan says. I think if you have a genuine passion, it just makes everything so much easier. You'll make time for it, right? You'll put the extra effort to, um, sure. to um, invest. And so, yeah, man, I think, uh, yeah. So you talked a lot there about passion, really loving what you're doing, having a love for science. And really being genuine in your intentions in terms of why you want to pursue that, that field. My question to you, and it might be the same answer and that's okay, what do you think is the most important quality to have if you're going into your field? Mm. No, uh, yeah, I'm going to say passion. I, okay. I, I feel like uh, I could touch upon it a bit later, but um, man, I think you can have a lot of um, qualities, right? There's like, I was thinking about it like I've been thinking about it for a couple months, like, what qualities, like, what I want, like, you can be organized, you can be disciplined, you can be consistent, you can be um, X, Y, and Z, right? But I feel like if you have passion, everything else will kind of take care of itself, right? If you're truly passionate, you will be organized. If you're passionate, you will be consistent. If you're passionate, you will be um, dedicated. And so I think, I don't know, if you have a really genuine passion for something, especially your field, I think um, everything else will kind of take care of itself. Yeah. yeah, and in terms of showing that passion, you spearheaded the Global Dental Brigades mm. during your undergraduate years, right? Do you want to talk a little bit more about what that organization was, sure. how, what your experience was leading it and being a part of it? Sure. Um, so just to dial it back a little bit, it started with Water Brigades. I think, you know, the three of us went to the Water Brigades. Awesome experience, man. I definitely highly recommend it to anyone. But it really just started as a thought. I remember, like, on the plane ride back... Um, from Honduras, I was like, like we don't have a dental one. I know like someone tried to start one a couple years back, but kind of fell through. And so I was like, you know what? Like, let's see how it goes. And then I remember like um, that summer, there was so much like I wanted to do it, and I was like planning, all right, like this is what we're gonna do. And then 
even like amidst like heavy opposition from me starting it. Thankfully, like Aman was on my, had my back and he was really pushing me, like um, advocating me in front of the other leaders. And so, yeah, it started in August of 2019. And so, um, yeah, we just, it started with, I hit on my friend, his name is Brigitte Varma. We started the two of us and Kush Patel. It was really us doing that as a core. And then slowly, um, because it was the first year, a lot of the responsibilities fell onto us, right? In terms of social media, marketing, um, fundraising and whatnot. But eventually we um, flash forward to like February, we got a team of, I believe 32, um, including two dentists and two hygienists at the time, which I, I mean, it blew my expectations out of the water, right? And so unfortunately it got canceled because of COVID, but I think regardless, it is still a club going on today. And so even, you know, if I planted the seed and I don't see the fruits of it grow until five years later, um, I'm just glad to see that fruit grow, right? Because I truly think that brigades will, um, I don't know, I feel like as a pre-dental student, we kind of get neglected in terms of um, clubs and whatnot, because in metal, med, for pre-meds, they have so many things, right? Like uh, med life and like G um, medical brigades, but I feel like dental brigades can provide something that pre-dentals will be able to enjoy. And so, um, yeah, man, uh, yeah. Go GDB. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> so, obviously now in this little segment of the podcast here, all three of us are partial because we're all deeply involved in the club. But the point of the club is what you just talked about, passion. Right? You are serving people. Um, our university, our chapter, we traveled to Honduras, and you are trying to serve underserved communities and make a difference in their life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think one really cool thing that I want you to talk about you know, within Global Brigades, we have a lot of great access, a lot of great resources, a lot of great support from the organization as a whole. But within Dental Brigades, you're able to do a lot. So I actually, as you guys know, but for the audience, I had the opportunity to go on a medical slash dental brigade. It was combined in high school. And this is kind of what I want you guys to talk about. You do surgeries. You know, you do really impressive stuff for people who really need the care. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, um, they, from what I know, they primarily do three, dentists primarily do three procedures. They just do um, fillings for cavities and uh, extra, actually maybe just two, fillings for cavities and extractions. Because typically the um, um, the oral hygiene down um, in these places isn't the best. And so... Um, most times it just requires straight up extractions right and so um, it's not us that was doing the surgery um, because we're not um, licensed and everything but um, we are able to supervise and assist and sterilize so um, and uh, do check-ins for the patients and whatnot so um, then again I haven't been on a dental brigade so I can't really attest to exactly what we do but from what I've heard um, it is kind of like a part shadowing, part assisting type thing going on. Um, just because, you know, we're not licensed and, I mean, we're not trying to work on them without being licensed and course, everything. So, um, yeah, man, but they do a lot. Like, I think I've seen some stats and some of those stats in terms of the number of extractions they do is ridiculous. So, yeah, man, it's a great time for sure. I think one thing that we tend to take for granted is that those are routine things for us, for mm-hmm. a lot of Americans. Mm-hmm. And when you go there, you realize that it's not. And it's essential, it's immediate, 
mm. urgent, and it's very, 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 very important and impactful to those patients' lives. So mm. I think there are a lot of things we take for granted, and you know, your annual checkup to the dentist where they say, make sure you floss, make sure you floss, mm. is really, really important because we yeah. were lucky enough to all see the flip side of that, um, and it was a really humbling experience. Mm. Shifting gears a little bit, you talked about your experience shadowing an oral maxillofacial dentist. Mm -hmm. uh, what was that like? What did you learn? And how would you advise people to choose what field of uh, dentistry they want to shadow? Mm. So I, uh, at that point in my undergrad, I only shadowed general and some endo, um, endodontics, but um, I really just wanted to check out OMFS because I've heard a lot about it, but I just like only seen clips of it, right? And so um, it was very easy. I literally emailed the dean of the school. I was like, "Hey, Doctor Costello, like, would I be to come in and you know shout out?" And he was he responded within minutes, right? He was like, "Yeah, for sure, come in." And first of all, like, I think general dentistry, we think we can picture right what the, the place looks like, right? Very like clean, like maybe small, like friendly environment, and so. But when I went to the OMFS, completely different. Like, first of all, the operation room is like set up like a surgical room, like in a hospital, right? You have like a whole team. It's not just a dentist. You have a whole team with everything laid out. People are wearing um, body hole scrubs and all the gloves. And it's just a completely different um, tempo, completely different environment, completely different vibe. And so I was blown away because I was like never been exposed to that type of dentistry. I thought dentistry was like, oh, like you go to the receptionist, like your doctor's ready for you, go into the room, done. But like in OMFS, it's completely different, so much more intense, which is partly why I'm extremely interested in that field. And so, um, but also to answer Mon's second question, um, kind of like how I was saying, you should shadow a little bit of every field. You should do the same within dentistry, right? Just get a little taste of every um, subfield of dentistry. And I think dental school, um, they naturally make you do everything because as a general dentist, you should be able to do everything. And so, um, yeah, I think dental school, within dental school, you could just try out different fields. And so um, kind of like how I came to dentistry, hopefully like, you know, by D3, I'll figure out what field of dentistry I want to go into. So, yeah. So we're starting to come up towards the end here. So I want to ask you one more question before, before we start to wrap up. I mean, obviously you've had this extremely wide spectrum of experience in the field of dentistry throughout your undergraduate career. Mm. And our question is, out of all of these experiences, does one stand out as the weirdest, strangest, or most interesting thing that you've seen? Mm. I think... Um yeah, I uh, I used to sh assist at this place in Shadyside um, my junior year, and um, this guy came in. He was doing an extraction, right? He was um, super nervous, like shaking, like straight up tremoring, and it, it took so long for him to sit in the seat. And man, it was uh, man. I vividly remember him like squealing, squeaming, like he just really didn't want to get it done, and then. Um, my dent, my den the dentist that I shadowed was pretty old school, so he was just like, he didn't really care for like his feelings, he was just like telling him, like, he was like, the dentist was like putting his hands in the air, I was like getting frustrated, and it was just funny, man. I just like vividly like remember like we had to like restrain the guy for him to get the teeth, and every time he would pull a little bit, like, he would tense up, and oh. man, it was 
it was quite a sight, but I don't know, that memory will always stick around because the place I shadow is a lot of just like routine stuff, right? Feelings, and so um, having something as crazy as that, it was like, wow, this is quite intense. It's but like it was yeah. classic dental horror story, yeah, no, like I, a movie or a I, show. Yeah, and it's the prototype, like what you think of a dental horror story is. So, but it was, I mean, like that kind of that kind of stuff like makes you want to go in the field even more. Right. right, so it was, it was very interesting for sure. So I guess the takeaway from that is that you know those kind of experiences are definitely the outliers. Oh not, yeah, absolutely. Not the normal course of what going to a dentist is like. For sure, for sure. So I also had a question for you, and then branching out a little bit more broadly. What I know this is very broad, so take it whatever direction you want. What impact do you want to make on your field? What avenue do you want to go with in the field? What do you want your impact to be on the field of dentistry when it's all said and done? Mm. I think uh, uh, I, I just want to serve. Um, I know it's very cliche. I think like it's very hard to find someone who wouldn't say they want to serve the community. But... Um, I don't know. I feel like my big thing is serving those who others, serving the neglected. And so I, I have some other experiences with like an org called Best Buddies and um, the autistic community. So things like that, I just want to serve and give my attention to them because I know a lot of dentists are kind of um, hesitant to serve those communities. So um, just serve, not only serve, but serve those who, um, who are unserved, right? Who don't get the service of um, a regular dentist, so, yeah. And what is one thing or what is something that you would like to see change or improve within the dental field? Mm. Or even a couple? Mm. Uh, I don't, uh, I'm not, see, uh, I feel like I'm not aware of too many issues just because I'm not in the field practicing right now, but what I will say is like, uh, it's like saying it like slang like put some respect on dentistry in the yeah, sense yeah. that like I feel like dentistry is like at least not just dentistry but like oral health is very neglected and like people are just like ah oh, brush my teeth I'm chilling right and that's all it really takes but I feel like uh, dentistry is like kind of put in the back, back back burner in terms of like there's just so many connections between like oral health and systemic health as a whole and so just put more emphasis on um, the value in um, taking care of your teeth. And whether that's through like workshops going, I know like a lot of schools go out to like schools and try to teach them all about oral education. And so um, whatever that may be, right? But just like having people understand how important um, the mouth is to the body, right? Like that's there's a quote, like the mouth is the entrance to the body, so yeah. So thank you guys very much for listening to the 11th episode of Pre-Health Spotlight. I really, really hope that you guys learned a lot about the field of dentistry. We tried our best in these 30 or so minutes to give a good summary, overview of what the field entails and that it's a lot more than you know what people think it is from common conception. So it seems if there's three takeaways here, it's have a genuine passion and love for the sciences if you're going to go into it and really pursue that passion. Don't be afraid to do so. Um, obviously that the field of dentistry has a lot more to it than people recognize. And lastly, as Tim said, put some respect on dentistry. Yes, sir. So thank you guys very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed our episode. And of course, thank you, Tim Park.
for being our guest today. Thank you.